You're listening to Zap Night, a video game review podcast, with your host Danny and Kaylee. Hey guys, and welcome to Zap Night. Uh, this is episode 23 for Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm your host Danny, and Kaylee is actually out again this month. But I have a special guest, Lori, who's back. Hi, guys. Welcome, Lori. It's so nice to have you back on the podcast. Thanks. We played Horizon Zero Dawn. Did you like it? I loved this game. You actually wanted me to play this game, which is rare. <laughs> um, no, and it is. It's a great game, so I'm excited to talk about it. Horizon Zero Dawn was developed by Guerrilla Games, and Guerrilla Games is more known for their Killzone series until this game came out. And this game is so far been very well received by the general public for good reason. It's a really great game. It was only developed for the PS4, so sorry Xbox users, but it's a PlayStation exclusive, and it was released in February 2017. Actually, they just posted today that it was their birthday. Oh, nice! Yes. Yep. So yeah, happy birthday, Horizon. Um, since then, they've had some DLC come out, which is more of an expansion of the main game, not necessarily DLC. It really is like its own story plot, which is kind of nice, and we'll, we'll go over that. Alright, so let's talk about the story. Okay, let's talk about the story. Let's talk about the story. This game is set in a futuristic, post-apocalyptic world. It's being attacked by these animal-like robots. The story follows... Aloy, who is outcast at birth, given to Rost, another outcast, who takes care of her as a mentor and a parent-like figure. Aloy, because she was outcast at birth and doesn't really know why, she has this, you know, feeling, I don't know. It just bothers her. Right. So because it bothers her so much, she wants to get back into the tribe or she wants to find answers, I think, really is the whole yeah. the whole point. Yeah. So, to find answers, she has to go back to the tribe. And the only way to go back to the tribe is to do this proving challenge. So, she spends practically her whole childhood, t- childhood yeah, teen years, training for this proving challenge. And Rost, again, is her mentor through this whole process. And what's kind of neat is they toss in the tutorial in with some of this training, which I thought was fun, you know, to kind of add that level to it. So as a kid, she falls down this old world bunker, and it's actually a forbidden land for her tribe, the Nora, uh, because they're not allowed to go into any areas of the, the old world. When she does this, there's no way to go back up. So she has no choice but to go through this cave to find her way back out. She stumbles upon a, a device. She calls it a focus. It gives her the ability to see like machine tracks and just like little signal type things. And she can collect data with this device and stuff like that too. So that's kind of like her main way of communicating with the old world if you it's will. Like a, it's like a mini AR device. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it would be like a cell phone is today, except it's miniature and connects right with your brain. <laughs> so there's a neat little light cut scene, and she is an adult now, and she's ready for this proving challenge. And she goes to the tribe, and 
being an outcast, the tribe's not allowed to talk to her at all. And the tribe can't talk to any outcasts. And in fact, they shun her as well. So like anything, you know, just her walking through the tribe, you can hear people murmuring, oh, it's her. Yeah, you can't talk to her. Stuff like that. But she does the proving, which is a race between all of the tribes, like hunter type people who want to become hunters or braves that they're called in the, the Nora tribe. Whoever gets to the finish line first gets the opportunity to have one request granted. Um, and anybody who completes the challenge gets to be a brave. So obviously everybody wants to complete the challenge, but they also want to be there first. So Aloy is the winner and she requests to be back into the tribe and she is as a brave But just as she crosses the finish line, the tribe gets attacked by an enemy warrior clan. And most of the tribe is killed, while most of the the braves are killed. And Rost jumps in and sacrifices himself to save Aloy. Now, Aloy is affected by this uh, blast that Rost rescues her from. So in any case, she's taken to the mountain, and she does actually recover... And uh, this sacred mountain is where they actually found Aloy, the, the matriarchs, or the leaders of the Nora tribe. And they explain to Aloy how they found her in the entrance of this door, the sealed door. When Aloy tries to walk up to it to walk in, the door, which is like an automated message, scans Aloy and recognizes her but says that there's an error or a corruption that in the data files that aren't allowing her access into the facility. So the matriarchs decide to allow Aloy to be a seeker, which grants her access to leave the, the Nora lands, but also allows her to go into the forbidden areas with permission, I guess, from the, the matriarchs. So her her mission, being a seeker, is to figure out what this corruption is. And the enemy who attacked the Nora tribe had focuses. And the focuses gave her information about Olin. Yes. And Olin was in Meridian. She When she looked at the focus of the leader that attacked, that attacked the the tribe um it showed her an image of herself which she recognized as her talking to olin before the proving right okay so she knew that it was through olin that they saw her right right and then they also showed the woman that looked like her but older but older so aloy thought that it was her mom comparison was she looks just like me she must be my mom, but they want to destroy me because I look like her. Right. So she goes to Meridian to find Olin, but Olin's not there. So she has to track Olin. Well, on her journey to find Olin, um, a mysterious man talks to her through her focus. Right. And helps her defeat the enemy that is basically guarding, guarding Olin so she can talk to Olin. When Aloy finds Olin, Olin tells 
Aloy about this group of Karja called the Eclipse, which are resurrecting old machines from the past using a godlike machine to bring them back to life. And this machine is called Hades. Olin describes Hades as being this different being that actually speaks to people. So Aloy is kind of on this quest now to figure out who Hades is and why Hades wants to destroy Aloy. And, and still who has this other woman right, who this other woman she is. still has no other information on this other woman. And he didn't even really know. He just knew that that was the reason why they attacked the Nora people. So um, he, he gives her the information that he he had seen this woman's image on a device in the place that she goes to, right. the, the Great Ford. So with this information from Olin, she's able to track down Maker's End along with Silas's or Silence's help, right? Which is the guy on the focus. Silence. Silence. I don't know why I always want to say Silas. Silas. <laughs> is that another name? Yeah, it's from uh, Heroes. <laughs> oh, right. No, that's Siler. Oh. What were you saying? <laughs> Silas. Silas? That's Justin Timberlake's son's name. Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> Glad we cleared that up. <laughs> now we know. Silence. Silence um, is the man in the focus. When <laughs> she gets to Maker's End, she finds out that it's this old facility that was making war robots the company that makes the machines called pharaoh automated solutions company she finds out that they are making robots that can automatically reproduce and uses biomass as fuel she also finds out that there was a glitch with the machines that made them unable to be disarmed and deactivated so they kind of went they kind of run amok and started to reproduce by mass and just kept going and this pharaoh organization was unable to keep it under control so that's where we find um dr elizabeth sobeck who is talking to the lead of the pharaoh company and you can kind of this this all kind of plays out in data transmissions at the at this base this facility and cuz Aloy can use her focus to scan points and get information out of these little points and one of them you actually see Dr. Sobek who ends up being the person who she's looking for the older Aloy looking person and um Dr. Sobek is telling the, what's his name, Ted? Ted. The leader of the Pharaoh company, because they're not going to be disarmed, they have to have a, a plan B. And their plan B, Dr. Sobek says that it's Project Zero Dawn. And there's no other information about Project Zero Dawn. It's just a name thrown out there. Dr. Sobek tells Ted that this is the plan that she proposes and that she is going to U.S. Robot Command to present this plan to them. And she's looking to Ted for um, funding, funding, basically, right, yep. um, to hide that he is behind these robots 
that have gone rogue. Right. So she takes that information and goes to this facility. What's it what's it called again? Um the Grave Horde, aka US Robot Command. Sure. <laughs> so Aloy travels to the to this Grave Horde. She sees that the Eclipse are inside pulling machines out. She fights off the the Eclipse and starts digging around in this facility, finding information about Dr. Sobek's... Um, Meeting with U.S. Robot Command. Right. And this is where we kind of learn about the uh, Operation Enduring Victory, which is basically a war that is holding off the feral robots... Or the feral machines. So that Dr. Sobek can complete the super weapons program that is Project Zero Dawn. Dr. Sobek is continuing her push on this Project Zero Dawn. So, Silence, he he knows about this Project Zero Dawn facility somehow. I don't know how. Oh yeah, that's true. But he knows about this, this place and it's under the... The Shadow Karja City, where right. the Eclipse are. Basically the Eclipse's base. Right. So in order to get there, Aloy has to first infiltrate their base and disable their focus network. Right, because the Eclipse have a focus network of their own. Yes. And Silence is kind of this like tech guru of the this new world. And he has all this information about focuses, and he knows how they work. He, I mean, he's hacking into Aloy's focus. So naturally, he knows exactly where the Eclipse are stationed and how to take down their network. Um, all this so that she can get into the Project Zero Dawn area without being discovered. Right. When she gets there, she encounters Hades. Hades recognizes Aloy as a threat. Correct. And so all of the Eclipse in the base go chase Aloy, and she ma- she has to escape from that little base. And of course she does. <laughs> of course. And so her next stop is to go to the... The um, city. Right. Of Sunfall. And uh, find the Project Zero Dawn Under uh, the facility. Under the city. Under the city. So, once we get in to Project Zero Dawn. Yeah, they kind of introduce Project Zero Dawn slowly. Um, it's You get information about all these people who are showing up to work on this project, not really knowing what they're getting into. It's like a facility where they invited all these special people to, and they went through certain phases certain rooms and they learned about certain parts of zero dawn so you're kind of learning along with how they would have right exactly which is a very clever way to tell a story (laughs) so first of all they learn about the um the war how the the war is really just a ruse right and there's there's no there's no humanity yes (laughs) that they're not going to survive and part Part of this facility is that these people have to come to terms with that. That 
they're kind of given two options. They can either help work on Project Zero Dawn, or they're kind of put into a bunker where they live out the rest of their lives and have nothing to do with anything. Yeah, and they're not allowed to leave after they're there. Right. Because they were chosen to work on this, and because now they know, they can't leave. So either they work on it, or they're stuck there until the end. After they are able to come to terms with the project, then they start to learn what the project actually is. And basically what they're doing is all these people who specialize in different aspects of whatever humanity is at the time are all gathering to help build an AI system that can help terraform the Earth after it's been decimated by the feral robots. Machine. I hate saying robots. I don't know why. But that's what they call them. The feral robots? robots? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. They call, in Aloy's time, they call them machines, but in our time, I guess. Yeah. They're in Aloy's past. They refer to them as robots. So, um, yeah, the super AI has to control all these individual. um, Sub functions? Yeah. They're not. each, Each sub function isn't necessarily its own AI though it does run individually, controlled by the central AI. And the whole project is called Project Zero Dawn, which is where the title comes in. But it's also Gaia, who is the AI that controls all of it, which is fitting. The whole point of this facility is to gather all these people to help with all of these aspects. Not just, you know, to help build the AI, but to help to build... Um, the the robots that can provide the information to do all these separate functions right, that Gaia has to do. Right. So Gaia's focus as the AI is to be able to disarm the feral robots, and the only way to do that is to crack their backdoor code to be able to turn them off. And it's gonna take like what some like. Hundreds of years. Oh they yeah, said. it was like, which is yeah. why humanity couldn't do it. Right. It wasn't for their time. It was something that could stay underground until Gaia had enough time to run this algorithm to disarm the robots. So her mission is to do that, which she puts up a beacon to disarm all the robots. With all the robots disarmed, she can activate each individual sub-function to do things to help terraform the Earth, such as plant wildlife and... Or plant... Plants? Plants. <laughs> <laughs> to, to plant ve- vegetation. Vegetation. And um, release machines that are specifically built to you know turn scrap into you know usable material you know to or like the the alligators that were cleaning the water right yeah so all of the machines in Aloy's time that are attacking her are actually part of this sub function that is meant to terraform the earth and there's another subfunction that is meant to oversee, you know, once the earth is habitable, it is building clones of current people to repopulate the earth. Is that about it that we learn at this this area? Oh yeah, and you learn about Hades too. And you what learn Hades, a little bit about Hades. And what Hades is supposed to do. 
Um, Hades is uh, yet another sub-function that is specifically designed to re-decimate the Earth if Gaia gets out of control. So, again, it's a sub-function, so Gaia has control over it, but if the terraforming process fails, Hades can be activated to wipe out the current structure so that Gaia can start over again. So, yeah, that's that's Project Zero Dawn. <laughs> so, now that Aloy knows all of this... She, she finds a file in Dr. Sobek's office of this place, which will allow her to get into the Nora Mountain. Right. It's basically the data fix to the get data fix, yes. into the Nora Mountain that was previously sealed. And just as she finds this and downloads the data to her focus, she gets attacked by the um, by the eclipse. By the eclipse and captured. captured. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> she is confronted by Helis. You wake up in a cage. In the yeah, in the sun ring, with all of your weapons removed and, and your and focus armor, removed, everything and, removed, and uh, except your like long johns. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Actually, her outfit in that scene I know, is kind of neat. Her long johns are really cool. <laughs> her long johns. <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. <laughs> um, whenever she goes, whenever they show her like in bed, that's what she's wearing. Right, it's just the long johns. Yeah, that's true. Which is not very often. So, Helis kind of explains what his motives are as leader of the Car- the Shadow Karja and the Eclipse. He's directly taking orders from Hades to help Hades in the process of, I guess, doing what Hades is built to do. To eliminate all life. <laughs> But they don't know that. They don't. They don't. And I think Hades is planning Hades, it that way. Hades is planting it in their mind that they're trying to take over the holy city again. Right. Which is Meridian. Right. Which Meridian just happens to be where because, this the signal is. Yeah. The where spire. Gaia's signal is. To, that is... Um, where Hades can transmit. Well, the spire is what Gaia built to deactivate the pharaoh mm. robots. Hades is using the information given to him by silence. Hades is portraying himself as a god figure. Right. And that they're supposed to overtake the city of Meridian. And so, and because Hades sees Aloy as a enemy to his mission, it's Helos's job to eliminate her. Destroy her. So she gets tossed into this, like, ring this battle arena <laughs> that have a couple big uh, enemy machines in it. And um, it's just a behemoth. Yeah. it's Oh, I thought it was two. No, it's not. No, just one. Just one. You um, have to just roll around for a while and <laughs> after, get your weapons back. After she defeats them, uh, they Helis releases two more uh, corruptors. And then Aloy gets saved by Silas. Silence. <laughs> Not Silas. Silas. Silence. 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 We'll, we'll get it. Silence. Like the lens of my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. 
Aloy gets saved by silence. Right. Um, he blasts through the sunring and brings her a, a strider to ride away on. Off into the sunset. Just outside the ring. Yeah, that's true. And then they talk for a little bit. So Aloy's mission now is to get back to the Nora tribe because Helis has just sent an army to, I guess, attack the tribe. Yeah, basically. Looking for her. Basically wipe out the tribe. Right. In in hopes of killing her. So she rushes back to the Nora tribe and the mountain. She makes it to the Nora tribe just in time, of course, defeats all of the monster or the robots attacking and gets in to open that sealed door. And as soon as the door actually allows her access, all of the tribe sees her as, you know, the the anointed. Yeah, the anointed, that's what they called her. <laughs> And, I mean, she knows that she's not, because it's all just, it's not a deity, it's not anything supernatural, it's its all just technology. So, I mean, she knows this, but to her tribe mates, it seems like she has this, you know, super ability. Um, so, sh- once she gets into the facility at the Nora Mountain, she finds out that it is the... The cradle facility. Yeah. Where they raised the humans to be released back into the wild. <laughs> <laughs> you also, while you're in here, you kind of find out a little bit more about Apollo, which was supposed to teach the humans about, you know, the old world and all of our knowledge in the old world. But it doesn't work. But it doesn't work. And we don't know why. She kind of thinks, well, you know, maybe she can find a way to get it back online again. But basically... If that's if it doesn't work, then the people who were being raised in this facility don't have any knowledge of living out into the world, and they don't have any knowledge of history and what happened to their people. They're just another generation of humans, and they're off to live <laughs> in you know the this machine prim- world, this primitive world. Right. So that's why they're all currently primitive people living in this, you know, machine-like environment. So she finds a message from From Gaia. Gaia. And it kind of brings the whole story back into a full circle. The, The message left for Aloy from Gaia is basically Hades gets corrupted by an outside signal, which is currently unknown. Well, the whole system, really... Yeah, that's true. It was attacked. But Hades gets... I think Hades was focused, it seems like. Because he Hades, gets... I think Hades goes so rogue because that's what Hades is designed to that's do. That's true. But I think the signal was meant to turn all of these individual um, sub-functions into fully functioning AI to work separately from Gaia. And because of this... Gaia was afraid that well Hades is going to wipe out the earth. Right. Hades Hades will eventually take control of Gaia and transform everything into, you know, what he's meant to do, which is destroy the earth and all life in earth, which includes what is currently out there. So, 
in hopes to stop Hades and to slow down the the process, Gaia destroys herself, but not before she makes a clone of Dr. Sobek to allow this clone to have access to all of the facilities to be able to gain the information to stop Hades and essentially saving the world. Gaia gives Aloy one last bit of information, which is to get the over the master override device to stop Hades. And the master override device is in Gaia Prime. So that's obviously Aloy's next stop. So Aloy heads to Gaia Prime, where she learns that Dr. Sobek eventually ends up killing herself in Sacrificing hopes. Herself. Yeah, she sacrifices herself in hopes to save the rest of the people in Gaia Prime, which Gaia Prime is basically the uh the like headquarters of Gaia. It's it's kind of well yeah, but it's also like the end place for all of the workers of Gaia, I think, like the Well, they were supposed to go to they were supposed to finish Gaia and then they were supposed to be living in this other place i can't even yeah i can't i don't remember either but in in the data points when you read stuff it says that the swarm has escalated so they didn't have quite as much time so they weren't able to go to this other place to be with their families they had to stay there and finish gaia gaia's uh functions yes yeah. <laughs> so when they're trying to close off gaia something happens something malfunctions one, one of the doors don't seal properly if the door doesn't seal properly then the feral robots can detect the data right or the the biomass true and um destroy everything that they work so hard to build right so elizabeth uh, she decides to go out outside. and restore the door the seal but in doing so she seals herself out and she there's no way of getting back in so uh yeah she essentially sacrifices her life for these people in this facility and for you know the future oh yeah absolutely (laughs) um we also find out in this facility that ted pharaoh of pharaoh robotics or whatever the Apollo system, which is supposed to reteach the humans afterwards, was destroyed by Ted Pharaoh because he felt like humans don't need to relive this, their mistakes. Right. So he completely deletes the system, which I have a couple problems with this. One, there should be like, you know, hierarchy and oh. like. <laughs> I'm sure it's not completely deleted. Yeah, you're probably right. There might be a way. Yes. And also he locks every, he locks the rest of the worker or the rest of the, the alphas in, in a room, in a, in their like conference room. Yeah, 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 exactly. And gasses them. Oh no, he vacuums them out. Yeah. <laughs> he, he vacuums he, all the air yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> Man, those poor people, that would suck. And, uh, essentially killing that, all of that the. That scene kind of tugged at my heartstrings a little bit the first time I saw it. Yeah. More, more so than any death scene in this game. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> so, yeah, that's he's the whole... Not only is he the reason behind all of the robots going rogue and destroying the world, he's also now the responsible reason, for... The primitive. Yeah, the primitive. Of the world. Exactly. 
So Aloy finds the master override device and heads to uh, Meridian, where Helis is marching marching towards with a army of feral robots and Hades himself. So Aloy goes to Meridian and meets up with all of the side quest folks that she's met along the way, and um, yeah, I guess that's it. She yeah, really. I mean, it, it goes pretty quick from here. Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> she all of her friends that she's met along the way help uh, fight off the army of robots, and she fights Helis and kills Helis, who is the leader of the Eclipse. And then um, Hades manages to get to the spire, which is the signal transmitting to the uh, the Pharaoh robots, and, and begins the process of sending the signal to these robots, kind of reactivating them. And Aloy makes it just in time to shove the override into Hades, and Hades shuts off. The spire shuts off, and all the robots shut off, and everything is a-okay, maybe. Or is it? (laughs) So, that's basically the end of the game. The credits roll, and at the end of the credits, you see Silence, who is riding off on a horse, and, well, no, Hades, Hades, like, shoots out of his little orb thing that he's in, and Silence captures him in like a lantern somehow he kind of has this i don't i don't know exactly what he says word for word but it's something like you know we have we have more to discover and they're right outside of a big metal demon he he's really interested in who sent the signal in the first right place. yeah and that's where it ends yeah it is and you know the whole story you kind of feel like silence there's more to him than really meets the eye. You do find out that he is the one who discovered Hades and originally started talking to Hades. He also introduced Hades to Helis. He's, he's the one that started the eclipse, right? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. Something like that. He's he's directly involved with the eclipse in some way. But I can't remember what happened, but for some reason he was like called a traitor or something and like was i don't know cast out i don't know there's there's more story to that there's definitely more to silence but i mean that's the focus of the game that's (laughs) that's the story of the game so whoo we made it so i know that we finished the story but we'll kind of talk about some of the things that we liked and disliked about the story overall i really enjoyed the story i thought it was really awesome I liked the concept of it's a primitive-like game, but it has all of these technological, advanced civilization-like undertones, and it just appeals to me in so many ways. It's dude, I don't know, it's just dude. Neat. It's because you're a computer guy. That's probably true. Yeah, but <laughs> I I thought it was really cool. A lot of the stuff, the technology that. The old ones, I say in quotes, uh, they were working on. I can see the progression of technology today heading that way. And I can totally see how the developers and the storytellers of the game was trying to portray, like, hey, it's going to get bad if we're not careful. So, 
And this this was set not too far away from yeah, where we are like now. Like 2060 60? or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's only 30 years away. <laughs> <laughs> so, what what did you like about the story? What are some good points that you... I just have, like, bullet points. Yeah, let's talk. Okay, so, I really liked that you got Aloy's aging. Like, through the tutorial and... Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I liked that progression where you really got to see her grow up. I liked how they embedded the tutorial into the story. Yeah. That it wasn't just, uh, okay, you're an adult now, here's <laughs> how to play the game. But, you know, they really they really integrated it into the story without it being awkward and distracting from the game itself. Right. I really enjoyed all of the side stories that were in oh, this. Oh, yeah. Like, it wasn't... What we told was just, like, the main storyline, but there was, I, there was so much more. There was a lot of side quests that I really liked. The whole story of Rost and yeah. why he was outcast. And, um, yeah, and you had to like dig for that. You did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you really did. Um, you had the story with, uh, what's his name? Ian? Or, uh... Aaron! Th- Aaron, yes, Aaron. Yeah, well, part of this... <laughs> they had, like, this main quest, but then they had, like, sub-main quests... Yeah. So, I mean, you had to deal with um, your, like, your tribe. And you had to deal with, like, uh, Aaron's sister before actually finishing your game. Right, yeah. And then you had your favorite character. Nil. Nil. He was just my buddy. Yeah, he was. My bandit camp buddy. (laughs) And the first time through, I remember you were like... Why is he showing up? Like, after you beat all the bandit caps, he's like, good job, we really did this together. And you were like... like he he only helped there. me with one. <laughs> like, you were not there for the rest of the time. And then you had him in your game for, like, three of them. Yeah, yeah, two, uh, at least two, but like, yeah. I have no idea. And I looked it up later, and he's he is at three. I just must have missed him. Yeah. If you don't activate him before you go in... To yeah, the bandit camp, he's like then he somewhere around up. the area. And you yeah. have to activate him, but yeah. And <laughs> a- another really cool thing about the story is that there's room to expand. Like, there's so much more to the story than just what they've told in this this game. So I can easily see future games, you know, developing out of this storyline. You know, even if it's not just Aloy, even if we go somewhere else in the world and we have to deal with something else going on, you know, elsewhere. And what what I thought was cool is that this is set in an actual, like, area in the oh, United yeah, States. Yeah. Like, real world. Yeah, there's a bunch of real world locations in the game. Um, Red Rocks. Yeah, it's, it's basically like the Denver area. Like- Colorado and but then it also expands out into Utah and then it goes as far north as um Yellowstone. Yes, but that's later. That is later. We'll talk about it, but it the map really does that whole area Utah, Colorado, Wyoming, that area of the world, which is really cool to be able to see some of these landmarks like, you know, you walk through Colorado Springs and they have, you know, statues that are real world statues in Colorado Springs. And I don't know. That was, 
It was cool. Can I can I talk about that in gameplay? The vintages? Yeah, yeah we can talk about I that. I really liked that um, they put those in there and you could see, like, what they looked like before. Yeah. I, for some reason, I kind of expected that to be an actual picture of what it's supposed to be like a real world like when i went to the first vantage point i kind of expected to see like a real actual photograph of the area but no it's like a video digital. game rendered yeah it's like you a know, digital i don't know it's it's video game rendered picture essentially i mean i for some reason in my head i just envisioned like a real picture that shows up but <laughs> it wasn't and another thing that i really liked and disliked <laughs> yeah was all the data points all the extra information that it gave you however you had to go and read it all Mo- like most of it <laughs> like there was some data points that they vocalized what you know it was well, an yeah. audio data point they, so you could listen to it as you were roaming around yes but there was more information for in there. each one yes like you could listen to the the clip, but then if you opened it, there was like a lot more in the, the in the data point for you to sure. read. And I'm sure I I definitely didn't read <laughs> any of it, uh, but I'm sure if you were to read a lot of it, you would get so much more so information much more. about the yeah. the history and. Who uh, each one each one of these people that I, worked on Gaia is you know part yeah, of I mean, and they what had, they do and they had information on all those people like bios and yeah so it's cool that they have all it was, that it's very deep but it you sucks have to that you have it. to read it yeah <laughs> it sucks that you have to read it it sucks that a lot of them are so hidden and my personal problem with it is. A lot of the data points that you come across have nothing to do with the story at all. It's just like a random tidbit from someone's life. But but those are kind of fun, too, because they're giving you these, like, tidbits of what the world was like. I mean, you've got, like, the pizza delivery bot. Yeah, and yeah. It's just... I see. So they're they're trying to give you... It's it's such a weird concept because it's Aloy's past but our future. <laughs> yeah. So it's like they're trying to give you, you know, a reference of what the world was like during the time of Aloy's past, our future. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. It's a weird concept. Cuz when I say past, you know, my brain says past, but it's so not. Another what's really funny is uh some of these things you'll read through and they'll talk about like the 50s and like the 40s and you think Oh, like the 40s, like our time 40. But yeah, no, no, they're no. talking about like 2040. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I noticed that too when they were, there was a couple of the um, vantage points. And he talks about, yeah, it was like this in the 40s. And I'm like, in the 40s? And I'm like, no, wait, the 2040s. <laughs> like, that's so weird. Yeah. Um. So last thing about the story is there was a lot of death scenes, which aren't normally that big of a deal but they were very abrupt a lot of these death scenes like you know you you follow a side quest story and it leads to this you know dramatic end and then the character says what he needs to say and then he just dies and it's not like all that dramatic (laughs) it's not like "Uh, uh, uh." yeah yeah it's just 
It's just he just kind of flops just... over like a dead fish. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny because he'll say not not he as in one person, but they all the people practically all the people that die in this game have this like moment of thank you for you know I I'm glad that you were able to bring an end to this. <sighs> and then they just croaked. Like there was no <laughs> Like, the voice actor wasn't trying to sound in distress. It was just, uh, thank you for releasing me. And dead. I don't know. It it was so funny because I did, like, I don't know, I did, like, four of them in a row that were like that. And by the third one, I'm like, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> so what'd you give it for a story score? I give it a ten. I give it a nine. I really liked the story. I really liked it, too. I think... I think if it was just a little bit longer, I think I would have given it a 10. I I think, though, now, I gave this a 9 before we played the... Frozen Wilds. The Frozen Wilds, the expansion. So, I think with the expansion, it's definitely a 10, because <laughs> it gave you exactly what it needed. But before, it's a 9. So, I don't really know. Do I score it together? Do I not? Do I leave it as it is? Do I add the extra point? I don't know. It's up to you. I know it is. I'm going to leave it as a nine. <laughs> I think it's okay. It's it's a great story. Great concept. I felt like it was enough. And I... I didn't like the ending. I wasn't a fan of the ending. Oh, yeah. The ending was just like... You know, you, you have this huge build-up all the way through the game. You know, this huge epic story... And then they're just like, yeah, and then you fight the war and then it's over. <laughs> you know, it just, I just wanted that little bit more. Like, after, I think it would have been perfect if after you defeat Hades, you have one, you go and restore Gaia Prime or something. Or, you know. But, but that's for the next game. Uh, just, I wanted something more. It's just. Didn't, maybe maybe if you actually had that journey where you go to Elizabeth's farm or whatever. Oh yeah, and you actually they, do that journey they show or something. That cut scene. Yeah, yeah. I wish we could have done that. Yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like that. I I had a big problem with the ending as a whole. Dude, you don't have to defend your one point. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> I just I I did want to talk about the ending because I didn't feel like it was justified <laughs> like it should have been more anyway let's move on graphics beautiful game it was a lot of fun just roaming around and seeing like we were talking about all the vantage points and climbing mountains and oh yeah i loved the landscape variety yeah in this game and it was like a perfect area too because you kind of had the desert area off to the west and then you go north and it was all like mountainous mountain and, and snowy snowy which doesn't really fit the climate at least maybe not now maybe it's i, I do kind of remember there being a in the frozen wilds there was a section where um Aloy's talking to the ai and she says something about the climate being colder than what it was in the past oh yeah yeah and she just mentions, oh yeah, it's different now. It's a different world now, or something like that. But, um, yeah, like, that whole area up there all seemed too cold. 
I mean, it's okay. It, it fits. You gotta have a spot to have the snow. If you're gonna have a real world location, you, you can fudge it a little bit. But, um, I don't know. Then you had some of the southern stuff, which had, like, real lush greenery. And it, it just gave a real nice, you know, it wasn't all too much desert. It wasn't too much forest. It wasn't too much snow. It was a nice or mix. city. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, city. And that, that was really cool, too. Those cities looked awesome. Walking through the ruins of, you know, Like, neighborhoods. Denver. Yeah, yeah. Like, seeing, like, half-buried houses and streetlights. The windmill farm was really cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, the machines. The machines looked awesome. There were some really cool ones. You kind of get used to some of them, like the the Watchers. You kind of get used to seeing them. Like, when I first saw the Watchers, I'm like, oh, my gosh, these things are crazy scary. <laughs> and then you get so used to them, they're just like, I could walk on top of these guys. I don't care. Um, but, yeah, they looked really cool. Which one was your favorite? Oh, of the machines. Probably the Stormbird. I really like the Stormbird. It was really cool. What was your favorite? My favorite was the Tall Neck and the Sawtooth. Because I liked that the Sawtooth kind of looked like a saber-toothed tiger. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I The Sawtooth was basically the Ravager, right? Like, yeah. they're basically the same. Yeah. Just the Ravager had the gun. The gun, It's yeah. kind of like the um, the Strider. The Strider looked exactly like the Broadhead, just without horns. Like, after you shot the horns off of the Striders, they looked the same. Or the, the Broadheads, they looked the same as the Striders. I also really liked, like, the Grazers. I, I liked the, like, container things on their back. Yeah. The Blaze containers. I, liked, I, know, I liked their design, too. I liked their design a lot, too. The deer look. Yeah, the deer look. Yeah. I liked that they all looked like animals. Yeah. You had the birds. You had the, you know, the I didn't the like horse. the glint hawks, though. The glint hawks sucked. Yeah, they, they did suck. I think it's just because of their design. Not graphically their design, but, like, their, their stats design. Like, they're really fast. They're kind of jittery when they move, so it's really hard to target them. And they do, like, stupid damage. Well, it's the, the stupid frost stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, every time you get hit, you're like, ugh. Yeah. You have to redraw your bow. Right. And then by the time you redraw your bow, you're getting hit again. <laughs> I know. And they're always in threes, which suck. Yeah. The weather effects were really cool. Uh, there was a couple problems that I had with the weather effects and nighttime, really. Me too. Uh, you couldn't change it. Like... All I have really to compare this with is Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy 15. And like I just want to camp at my right. at my campsite and have it be daytime again. You should have that option when you save it cuz all the campsites are save points. So you should have the option to go to the the campsite rest and you can you can save it, you can rest, you can wait or until continue. morning. Yeah, something to have this option of resetting it to a new day. But no, you don't have that. You just got to wait out the nights and the and weather. Sometimes, sometimes it was like really dark and like you couldn't yeah. see anything. And it was like the game was actually dark. 
like you couldn't do there was no adjustments that made it any brighter like you can you could change the brightness on the tv and you can change the brightness in the game and there was like no actual data there it's just it was black (laughs) it turned like gray it did yeah it was so bad but otherwise i mean the rain and the snow and all that looked really good it just was kind of annoying at times. Yeah, the sometimes those heavy rains and you can't see where you're shooting or yeah, what you're shooting. Yeah, and the daytime was really hard to see like the stuff when you're using your focus. Yeah, sometimes it made it kind of difficult. It was too bright. So, the bad stuff. <laughs> uh, I know. I know you had some problems with uh, the some of the cutscenes. Having them load while the cutscene yeah, was playing. Yeah, 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 I did. really bothered now, me, overall, too. overall, the game was very glitch-free. Like, I didn't have a whole lot of problems with actual glitchiness. Very few occasions were... And really, I mean, it could be our PlayStation. Maybe it... we should upgrade <sighs> to a Pro. I really don't want to, but I kind of do. <laughs> I mean, we might have another couple years on the PlayStation 4 yet, so, I mean, maybe... But yeah, like, anyway. the first few seconds of, like, a cutscene may be, like, still loading. Yeah, and you get this, like, pop effect. Yeah. So, like, they'll be panning to this beautiful view of the mountain, and the mountain's, like, going pop, 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 as the graphics are loading in. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's annoying. It's distracting. I and wish... that's part of the problem. When I'm playing a game, I don't want to be distracted by real-world Things like that, you know? I wish that they would have done a little more with the cutscenes rather than just having them be, like, the... In-game. In-game stuff. Yeah. Like, if they would have actually... Pre-rendered, beautiful Rendered some cut amazing cutscene movie things. Mm-hmm. It, it would have been cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, there were a lot of cutscenes that could have been done that way. I mean, some of the ending stuff, some of the early stuff. I mean, the whole sequence with Rost giving Aloy her name. That all could have been a beautiful cutscene, you know, had it been, like, pre-rendered. But it just, I don't know. It made it distracting. Again, when you're loading these cutscenes and the background is going pop, 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 pop. It's annoying. But it wasn't that bad. I had a few problems with... Some of the facial expressions. Uh, and, the, and the colors of their skin. The colors like of their green skin. People. Like, some people looked great. They looked amazingly realistic. And then other people looked a little bit too plasticky and a little bit too shiny. Or green. Or green. Yeah, there was the green people in the, in the city. Yeah. Again, not a whole lot to complain about too much. Just there were a few things that was like, that's weird like a lot of their facial expressions were very blah like they weren't they didn't show any excitement they didn't show any sadness it just was you know they just spoke (laughs) so what'd you give it for graphics a nine me too nine oh i did want to talk about the some of their outfits too their outfits looked really cool yeah there were (laughs) <laughs> the Banuk specifically. <laughs> the skin thing is weird. It is. So but aside weird. from that, like I mean, their outfits just look cool. Why? What possessed <laughs> them to one day weave this like machine stuff through their body? It was only the <gasps> um what were they called? The shamans. Yeah, the shamans. They were the only ones that did that. 
Which again, Silence had Silence. those. So he was a shaman at one point. He was a Banuke shaman. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I liked the Banuke. The Banuke as a whole, I liked all of them. They were cool. Their headdresses were insane. <laughs> that guy who drank the machine blood, <laughs> like he was a headdress. Like he was a talking <laughs> headdress. It was crazy. So let's go ahead and move on to gameplay. Overall, it was a lot of fun to play. Like, my first, I say my first playthrough because I played through it once by myself and you played through it once by yourself. And then, like, you played it again by yourself. I, th- I played it, like, halfway. And then we both played it together and all the we, way through. Well, we bought, we bought the complete. Right. And then we both kind of played the complete one. Right, right. And now I'm playing again. <laughs> <laughs> I think Lori might like this game. <laughs> a little bit. You know, I I haven't played a lot of this type of game. And for me, it like the controls were really easy. It was it was easy to control, you know, the shooting and Well, for me, the first time playing it through I just liked running around and killing machines. Like, yeah. that's all I wanted to do was run around and kill machines. I think I spent, like, almost a whole week doing that alone, just running around and killing machines. You're like, I gotta get the hang of this bow. I'm like, Danny, it's not that hard. Yeah. I, <laughs> you just wanted to kill machines, there, right? No, there, there was a bit of a learning curve <laughs> to using the bow, at least for me. Because when I first started, I'm used to controlling the camera a certain way. And the bow, it's different. You control Aloy, not the camera. So it took some time for my brain to get used to that transition. But once I got it, it was fine. I liked the variety of weapons. That was a lot of fun. Like, you could really change things up and, you know, have some strategy to each fight. It it got more fun after you got your weapons from the Frozen Wilds, too. Yeah, totally. Because there were some cool ones in yeah. the Frozen Wilds. And we'll, we'll, again, we'll, <laughs> we have plans to go over the Frozen Wilds in more detail soon. So, no, it's fine. The machines, it was a lot of fun to override them. And, like, even that sequence of overriding the machines was very satisfying. It's like, this data upload that happens, and then the machine, like, starts to break apart, and then get, like, infected. <laughs> and corrupted, or something. I don't know what word you want to use, but... As as they slowly get overridden by Aloy, it like its veins start popping out and all of these like machine parts pop off and it's just it's this cool sequence. There was there's a a lot of things to find and do in this game too. Like I I enjoyed all this I I know we've already said this, but I enjoyed all the different side quests. My problem I liked the side quests. But a lot of them were the same thing. They were repetitive, yeah. It was like, yeah, okay, now you gotta go over here and follow the tracks to find this person. Oh, look, there's more glint hawks. <laughs> and then you gotta follow the tracks. After you defeat them, you gotta follow the tracks to another spot. Oh, look, it's another glint hawk. <laughs> you know, it was almost always glint hawks. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it, was so, it was such a pain. But no, you're right. There were a lot of cool side quests, and um, some well, of them were I a mean, little more unique. And with like the collectibles too, like finding all the little 
Banuk figures and the the coffee cups. Coffee cups. That the guy thought they were like shaving vessels or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. A, a ritual to shave your face. And like old watches. You could sell old watches for like a ton of money. <laughs> Just, I don't know, it was fun. But they they weren't called watches. They were called like uh, ancient bracelets or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Just it's fun to see these, you know, little things from our world that's integrated into this, you know, game. Um, another thing I really liked was the camera mode. I've I had fun with that. Yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> you should post some on Zap Night. Okay, they're fun. Yeah, they they look really cool. What I like about them is that you can not only can you change like. The poses, but you can change, like, the lighting, and you can change the time of day. Can you change weather, too? No. Oh, that would be awesome. But, um, yeah, I mean, just to be able to change some of the your focus, <laughs> it's just, it's crazy, some of the stuff that you can manipulate in the picture mode. It really... It's fun. It, it makes it really cool. That it's you can, totally customizable, you know? You can go to places... To fight something specific to take a picture with it. Yeah. And that's awesome. I like that idea. Yeah. It's neat. Uh, I liked the cauldrons, too. That was a lot of fun. To, it was such a different world going into the cauldrons. Basically, the cauldrons were where the machines were being built. And they were like these little cave bunker places that you explore. And when you get to the end and you... Um, you have to override the like master cauldron override thing and you gain the ability to override the machines that are being built at that cauldron. So for example, if you go to the first cauldron, you override the main override device in the cauldron and then you can now override, you know, sawtooths or whatever, whatever that cauldron makes. So uh, it's just, what what made it neat was it's such a drastic difference from the wilderness that you're normally in to go into this like, like highly technical yeah area like the inside of a computer yeah yeah it was it was just neat to be in this like factory and you got machine parts flying around you and you know it's just it's such a different environment to the rest of the game and there's quite a few of them i think there's what like 7 or 8 of them no there's 5 there's five. Oh, you know, seven or eight or five. There were a few problems that I had. Again, very, very minor, and I'm kind of nitpicking. But um, there was very little reward for exploration. So, like, you would you would find this little nook. That you could like, get into. Oh, my gosh, this must be something awesome, and there's nothing there. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, you'd make your way up this one mountain, and there would be nothing there. Or you would find this waterfall way up on a hill and you go up there and you can go behind the waterfall and there's nothing there. <laughs> so, I mean... It got kind of depressing after a while. It did. It was fun to try and go to these places and the, like, explorer brain that I have, and I think it stems from a lot of the Final Fantasy games that I play, they reward you for that type of stuff. You know, oh, there's just a little trinket here that might be worth a little more money than normal. Just something. Just a little something would have been awesome. I would have gone all the way up a hill and behind a waterfall to find... A rock? No. No. 
No, but to find like a uh, a medicine plant that is like fifty percent of a medicine pouch or yeah, something, yeah. just something a little more unique than nothing. <laughs> but again, the world looked amazing, so it kind of made up for it. I had a big problem with the uh, like potions and traps, like menu thing. Oh yeah, that was kind of difficult. Like you, you'd be on like your fire potion and say I need a health potion and I have to click over like five times to get to it and my hand is otherwise being used to fight this this machine like I don't have a third hand to scroll on my uh, potions menu yeah I had a problem with the colors too yeah a lot of the colors were very similar so like you want to use the electric and the frost were both blue, right? And the fire and Regular extra potion. extra boost potion was both yellow, right? And then the two green ones too, the corruption and shock. Shock was blue. Oh, I think there's only one green one. I could have swore there was another green one. No. It doesn't matter, but still, I mean, there was a few of them that were very similar color. So when you're in the like heat of a battle. And you come across, you know, you need to use a potion right now. You gotta scroll through like, this menu yeah, that has 15 different things. When I would fight a glint hawk, I'd be like, oh, I need my, my ice potion. And I would constantly be picking the electric potion or whatever. <laughs> the shock one. I liked all the outfit choices. However, the modifications that they gave you for your outfits... It didn't really make a difference. And really, the outfits themselves didn't really make a difference. They didn't, and they all looked so much alike. They looked cool. Like, the series all looked so much alike. So, you know, you could buy one of the, like, Karja series, and they all kind of looked the same. I just didn't like that there was no, like, real incentive for buying a different outfit because they really didn't have that much of an effect on you to help you with anything. And once you get the the outfit with the... the super armor? Yeah, the armor. That's all you're going to wear. There's no point. There's no point (laughs) in having anything else. So, my last thing for gameplay before... Unless there's something else that you want to talk about. um, Is the ending. Again, going back to the ending. I... (sighs) Just had a problem with this ending. Not only with the story, but the final fight was boring. It was it was another Deathbringer. You had already fought, what, two or three of them before that. And it just was nothing special. Like, it was maybe a little bit harder than the other Deathbringers that you fought before. We're talking, like, the top of the where the spire is. Yeah, like, Hades. the final boss. Yeah, and they, like, threw in the extra corrupted machines, but you didn't even have to fight those because no. everybody else took care of those. Yeah. So like, you just like, had to avoid them. I think my biggest problem was that it was just another Deathbringer. Yeah, it should have been a something else. It, it should have been, been something, something unique. unique. Yeah. It, it really should have. If it was something unique, it would have been so much cooler. Or, like, a hybrid of something that was already there. Like, I don't know, like a super Deathbringer with corruption yeah. claws. I don't know. Just something crazy. Just, it needed to be something more extravagant than just a regular Deathbringer. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it made it anticlimactic and then you fight it and then all you have to do is walk over to hades and activate the cutscene. there is no fighting hades or you know beating hades down it's just <laughs> you walk up there and the cutscene starts and she jabs the thing into his eyeball or whatever and that's it it's over it just 
I it was sad. Still though, I gave it a nine out of ten. <laughs> uh, yeah, I gave it a nine out of ten too. Again, uh, you know, after playing it so many times, and we've played it a lot in the past month, you start to kind of nitpick oh, a yeah. few of these things. <laughs> and I mean, really, the gameplay as a whole was awesome. Just a few of these little things, if it was tweaked a little bit, I think it would have made a big difference. Specifically in the ending for me. I think I think my score was fair. Sure. Absolutely. So, music. Music. And this also goes for sound effects and voice acting as well. Um, voice acting was good like 80% of the time. And then the other like 20% was not that great. There was a couple people that sounded kind of ridiculous. Jackie Chan. (laughs) If you played the game, you know who I'm talking about, Jackie Chan. Because he's kind of awesome. I swear it's Jackie Chan too. (laughs) I should have looked in the credits, but I swear it looks and sounds just like him. Um, But yeah, most of the voice acting was really, really well done. Most of the, um, like, main quest people and Aloy, great voice actors. Uh, there was just a few side quest people that had funky voices that they threw in there. Some of them sounded too modern, too, that kind of took you out of the moment or the mood or something. Are you specifically talking about the guy in the Badook land? I think so, Yeah. <laughs> He was like, hey, bro, hey, what's bro, up? What's up? <laughs> like, no. No. Surf's up, dude. <laughs> um, anyway. I really liked all the, like, weird machine sounds. There was, um, I think it was the, the long leg that made, like, the internet connecting sound. Yeah, It was yeah. really cool. The long leg also has the, like, sound blast yeah. move that he does, and that's really cool. Speaking of sound blasts, not just sound blast but blast as a whole when the blast went off and it's too close it has this like ring at the end like your ears are ringing yeah and it's so cool it, it really is like well even it makes that blast more intensive than just oh i got hit you know even when the watchers do that too and you get that like that burst of light and then everything's kind of like muffled and for slow a minute. motion for yeah. a second yeah that's cool disorienting at first when you're first playing it's kind of hard to like what the heck is going on but yeah it's pretty cool i liked all the focus sounds too all the little sounds that your focus made yeah i liked all the sounds inside the cauldron too there was a lot of really cool you know there was like sparks flying and the soundtrack has a lot of really good large-scale music full orchestrated music to it and it's just it really brings some of the settings to a different level like i don't know some of the some of the sad cut scenes and it has just neat music in the background and some of the big fights and the music kicks up and it's you know a big fight sometimes that battle music though would kick up and you'd be like what's going on on? just like hanging out over here (laughs) yeah i've had that too and I think what it is, is you get one enemy far away who notices you, and then the battle music kicks yeah. on. It's like, no, he's like way over there. It's I, fine. <laughs> I really liked the Bandit Camp's um, music. I did too, yeah. I did too. I don't know if it reminded me of something or what. 
Uh, I really liked Aloy's theme too. You don't know it? No, it's, it's not like at all. the music at the beginning. Da, 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 da. No. No. Well, I liked Aloy's theme. There was one song that I had, one piece of music that I had heard while I was playing, and it was like, it made me really sad. Huh. And I can't even remember where it was at. But I, it's like I only heard it that one time. But yeah, I, I give it a nine. Out of 10 for music. I gave it a 9 out of 10, too. My only bad note was that I kind of forgot about a lot of the music. Like, it wasn't really that memorable to me. There wasn't a whole lot of, like, catchy melodies in any of the music. Yeah. It was just very background. Yeah, it was... Like, score. Yeah. It wasn't music. It was just, like, a score for the background. And... It's just a lot it of really complimented the game, yeah. but it wasn't, like, a highlight. Yeah. I put that it was uh, almost forgettable. Yeah, that's sad. It's true, though. There was only a couple songs or a couple pieces of music that I really remember, I guess. Right. Um, yeah, the only bad note that I put was that the fighting sound or the fighting music tended to randomly start up. But I mean, really, that wasn't a bother to me. Um, yeah, the music was a little on the forgettable side, but... I think that it really set the mood for that theme that they're going for. This, like, kind of alone, you know, feeling that Aloy might be having while she's out venturing around. Um, so, I think all that's left is overall. Overall. Overall, I give it a 10 out of 10. Me too. It was an awesome, awesome game. Obviously, I would play it again since I have. <laughs> I am so looking forward to more from this series, if it is going to be a series. <laughs> I certainly hope it is. I would definitely play more games from them, too. Not necessarily Killzone, because that's not my type of game. But if they were to come out with more like games like this, yeah, I would pick them up. Yeah, they've definitely proven themselves to you know, be able to make a open world kind of game. And I would be... Uh, this... Whoever made this storyline was awesome. <laughs> so props to that poor guy who spent hours over storyline for people to not really dig that deep into. <laughs> Definitely a game worth picking up and playing. You know, we have an extra so copy. So that we bought two copies. Yeah. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we bought... We bought the first copy. Well, to be fair, we got the first copy kind of free. Uh, yeah, kind of. In a in a buy two get one free kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. I think I bought it with like Mario Odyssey and Pokemon Tournament or something like that. So it was almost free. It was heavily discounted. <laughs> and then uh, we played it and loved the game so much that we wanted the DLC. But we didn't want to just buy the DLC and download it, so we went and bought the, like, full, complete edition. Yeah. Which had the DLC included. So that brings me to... Well, let's... I'll, I'll go ahead and bring up our final score. Okay. Um. So for me, it was a 46 out of 50. 47. 47. That's a 93 out of 100. So that's a solid A. That's one of the higher scores that we've ever given it. So that's pretty awesome well it's a pretty awesome game it is a pretty awesome game yeah absolutely so 
instead of playing a thrift shop game this time, we are going to talk about the expansion since we bought it and played it all the way through. The expansion is called The Frozen Wilds, and it is a sub-story, kind of side quest story from the main game that can kind of be played any time you make it up that way. But the level difficulty is in like it's like 30. much higher. Well, it starts off like in the thirties, doesn't it? Um, I think your initial like quest recommendation is level thirty. Yeah, but some of those enemies are really high. They well, they're really hard too. Yeah, those frost claws are really difficult. Not um, as difficult as the scorchers. That's true. Yeah, the Scorchers are really bad. And that's like the first new enemy that you come in contact yeah, with. Yeah, like which before is you even get there. Yeah, which is what's cool about the, the Frozen Wilds expansion pack is that you get a handful of new enemies. Yeah. And that alone makes it worth, you know, just to... Like, new enemies and a new, like, concept aside from, like, the corruption. Right. Yeah, because they had the demon... The demon... Demonic. Demonic. Yeah, demented. <laughs> <laughs> What's unique about our situation is that we got to play the game before we got the the expansion. Because had we just played the complete edition, we wouldn't have known what it was like before right, the expansion right. pack. Because the ex- expansion pack brings so many things to the table that you don't really notice unless you haven't played the game that way. Such as the whole set, like they have a whole new skill table. That you can complete that includes like override features like picking up items while you're on a machine and oh yeah yeah um and you can like fix your uh machines right that you've overridden well you can eventually fix any machine too oh can you oh sorry yes you still have to override it yes first, override um, I I was thinking riding like oh no 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 Just, I mean riding. anything that you've overridden yes. There's the new enemies that we talked about. There's a a handful. There's like another set of new weapons that you can acquire. Your your spear modification. Yeah, spear modification. That's fun. So I mean, there's a lot that the expansion really brings that helps the game as a whole. Um, I kind of feel like some of the things were tweaked in the complete edition, like. Scaling mountains isn't quite as easy anymore. Right. <laughs> Randomly climbing the the boundaries of the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, not that that's at all necessary. However, but... I think the like, actual climbing features, like when you have to actually climb. Oh, yeah, the like, I yellow. I swear they had to have cleaned that up a little bit. From it was really the first bad time before. We yeah, the first time we played, it was really. Or maybe we really... were just way better, but it I don't seemed think so. so much cleaner when we played it with the complete edition. I had times when we were playing it the first time through that I was like climbing up those yellow things and she would be shimming to the left when I'm holding up and it just things that controls that were messed up that just didn't make any sense. And yeah, some of that was a little bit easier I think with the expansion. But the story was part of the big Uh, The story and the extra map. So, like, the extra map was basically Yellowstone in the real world. And uh, they call it the cut in the game. It's just, like, all frozen wilds. I mean, it's all just a big snowy area. But they have cool features like 
the snow is so deep that you're actually making trails through the snow. Yeah, and you can, like, slide in the snow and make this big line. Or if you get attacked in the snow, you got this big splodge in the snow where it was perfect, and now it's like, I don't know. It's just fun. The story kind of revolves around this demon mountain that the Banuk are trying to fight. Thunder's drum. Yeah. And basically it's corrupting, turning all of their, all of the local machines into demonic machines, which are basically just a little bit harder than regular machines. Is it like, is it like putting the control towers out there? I don't really know. Where did the control towers come into play? I don't really know. Are they just there? They're just there, yeah. And the control towers is a new feature in this expansion, too, that is different than the rest of the game. It's only in the Frozen Wilds area. And they send out this big signal that repairs... Demonic machines. Machines. But it also hurts your... um, Super armor. Yeah, your power armor, which is weird. And it, like, um, affects your overrides, too. Like, if you're riding a a strider, they, they, like, get electrocuted and can't move. Yeah. So, usually in zones where those towers are, you have to disable the tower first before you can even fight anything in the area. Because it doesn't do any good. They just heal themselves. Which sometimes can be difficult. You can either override the tower and it sends out a signal for you. And heals you and your... And it, um, like, electrocutes everybody else. Right. <laughs> or you can destroy the tower. And I think I usually over... I overrode most of the ones that I came across. Yeah, I tried to, too. Yeah, the story kind of revolves around the Banuk tribe. And they are going to this volcano to um, fight the demon. The the daemon. The daemon. The daemon. Um, but something happens and they like all get massacred or something. Yeah, they do. And only like a few of them survive. So the few that survive come back and Aloy comes across them right after they got back or whatever. And they're planning on going back out while their shaman for this tribe, this group has disappeared. So you kind of go out to find the shaman to figure out what's going on And when you make it to the shaman, you find another facility that used to be part of an AI um, program. And you get there, and the shaman is trying to summon the AI back to life. And you are able to take control over the facility for a moment, just enough for the AI to come back and relay a message of, like a distress message, to help rescue her and stop the demon the daemon <sighs> it's a demon whatever i know they call it a daemon but it's a demon yeah what, what does it matter <laughs> so the shaman i don't remember her name what's her name orea orea she commissions you to become the tribe leader so that Aloy can lead the group to Thunder's Drum to actually fight the demon. So To take her because... To take her with, right, because her brother is is the the current tribe leader. And he won't let her go. Right. 
to save her, but she really wants to go because she sees this AI as a goddess and wants to rescue her. So Aloy has to go and do two side missions before he can continue, which to you got to prove that you're chief worthy. So basically you have to either... Chieftain. That's the word. Yeah. You either have to uh, take on the hunting grounds or um, Um, resurrect the tall neck. Yep. Clear the bandit camp. Yep. Or collect all the pigments for the painter. Yep. So two of those, uh, obviously we did all of them eventually. Of course. Um, And... Then you can challenge the chieftain. Right. Challenging the chieftain was kind of similar to the uh, proving. Kind of similar. Where you were on a time limit where you had to complete certain tasks within that time limit. Well, you were on limit. a time limit. Whereas in the proving, you weren't on that a time limit. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, but yeah. So yeah, you're you're basically... It's, it's very similar to the... Um, Hunting grounds. The hunting grounds, where you have a time limit to complete a task, and right. then you move on to another task right. with another time limit. And uh, when you make it to the last challenge, some demonic machines show up. Is it a frost claw? I think it's two, two, two three, three, three frost, frost claws. claws show up. Yeah, and you have to fight the th- the frost claws with the current chieftain. Right. And but after, you really take them down. Yeah, after after you kill them, the chieftain's like, "No, Aloy, you beat them, so you're the chief now." Yeah. So basically, proving that she is worthy of the title or whatever. So she uh, assembles uh, the old chieftain. What was his name? Remember his name? I don't remember his name. It's okay. And, uh... Araya. Araya. And they travel. Straight to Thunder's Drum, which is yet another facility of the old world. Right. And what it is, it's a facility that... It's called Firebreak, I believe. Yeah. And it's it's a thermal plant converting... Volcanic (laughs) energy. Yeah, into into electricity. And... You find out, I don't remember how all the sequences go, but you, you find out that the AI that Aurea is, is part of what runs this facility. And named Cyan. Oh yeah, she is named Cyan. I <laughs> thought it was a cute name. Yeah. She's being controlled by Hephaestus, the part of Gaia that builds machines. And... Hephaestus is taking control over Cyan to build these new powerful demon machines. Very powerful. And these machines are specifically built to kill humans. Hephaestus was building these um, robots to help clean the land and, and cleanse the earth. And to be able to build whatever it needs to, to achieve this goal. And with the primitive tribes hunting them, now the people are now a threat to these machines. Right. So it's so they're building more powerful machines, powerful machines to fight to the, kill the humans. humans. Right. 
So obviously this isn't ideal. So in order to save Cyan, Aloy and her friends go to the cauldron that is making these machines and uh, fight a fire bearer or what's it? What was Fireclaw. Fireclaw. Fireclaws and Frostclaws. The Fireclaw to be able to disarm the cauldron and essentially to give Cyan a chance to stop the attack. And as Aloy puts the her override device into the cauldron, um, she gets shot back by a shockwave. And Aurea takes over the spear and jabs it in to continue the override of the cauldron. And she gets electrocuted to death. It's sad. It, it is sad. It was a lot more sad than the, <laughs> the, the main game. The main game, yeah. <laughs> and that Fireclaw fight was so much more awesome than the stinking that, like, end fight. That ending was a little more epic than the it totally was. ending. It totally was. And there was no amount of preparation you could do that could, that really helped you. I mean, we went into it I don't remember what our game mode was. It was probably normal. And uh, we were at level 60, which is the current level cap. And it still was really hard. Like, it took forever to take down this one Fireclaw. And, uh, I don't know, it was just, it was way, way more awesome than... Way more of a challenge. Yeah, exactly. So, after Aurea dies... You return to the first facility uh where you where you can talk to cyan and she like tells you a whole bunch of stuff she gives you insight on more of the old world yeah because she still has data from the old world and she gives you an idea of how she was built basically built to run that facility but she had to be shut down while the the pharaoh robots were taking over and killing everything and the creators of cyan had to shut her down while this was happening knowing that they would never see her again and she felt grief for them and she felt loneliness during all these thousands of years that she's been doing her duty and keeping the the plant up and running with no one to talk to and so when Araya showed up even though Aurea saw Cyan as a deity, the AI was still just comforted in having a companion. And, you know, it was just it was it was just a neat overall story. Yeah. You know, it really yeah. complemented the main game with the whole AI thing. And like you were saying, she has more information not on just her the frozen wilds universe area but the whole game yeah you could talk to her about you know gaia and what she knows about gaia which was very little and you know just little tidbits about elizabeth sobeck and uh, you know everything yeah (laughs) it just it was really cool it it definitely was a good compliment to the game i think it was a better ending then the main game, some of the new machines that they in- introduced in the um, expansion was a lot cooler 
than even some of the main game stuff. I mean, it was just fun to have new stuff after playing the main game all the way through and then going to the Frozen Wilds and seeing these new machines. It was really cool. So if that's the kind of stuff it's that like we can... The, the purple, like... Yeah, yeah. And, like, the first machine you come into contact with is the... Uh, the Scorcher. The Scorcher. And he's, like, crazy different. He's like a cheetah. Like, he can and leap really high. fireballs and, at you yeah, constantly. Yeah, crazy. He's hard. Yeah, I think... It just... I don't know. It was great. It was, it was definitely... Great. It was definitely worth the money to get the game again. Although, I mean, it would have been fine if we just bought the expansion too. But, I mean, it was just... It's worth the money to get. So, if you're playing the main game, if you don't have the expansion, get the stinking expansion. It's worth it. But, if this is where the games are heading to, then I'm all for it. <laughs> I hope that they're making more. I hope that we got more story coming. I'm excited. <sighs> are you done? <laughs> I think so. Was there anything else you want to talk about? I don't think so. I did want to say that you've 100% of the game, haven't you? The main game? Yeah. Yeah? Platinum? Well, not just platinum. I mean, you've gotten all the data points. You've done literally everything. Um, there are still a few things that we haven't done together in the Frozen Wilds. Um, I think the hunting grounds. Yeah, the hunting grounds. Those scorchers. I know. Those scorchers take too much of the time. You only have... You have four and a half minutes to kill two Scorchers, two Billowbacks, and two Frostclaws. And I spent at least three minutes killing the the Scorchers. <laughs> it's so difficult. But maybe someday we'll figure it out. <laughs> well, um, thank you guys so much to, for listening to this episode of Zap Night. Thanks for having me on again. Ah, thanks for coming on. We'll have to play another game. You got any? You got your eyes set on anything? I do. Oh yeah, you want to say it? Uh, maybe. I want to play The Witcher. The Witcher. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Witcher. Witcher Three. I wonder what yeah. the other ones are like. I haven't even heard of this game until Witcher Three, so I don't know. Um. Well, that's what I'm gonna play. Nice. Next, if I ever drop this game. Yeah. If. <laughs> I mean, you played Final Fantasy 15 for what, like? 200 out. Two over 200 hours. Over 200 hours. How how many hours do you think you got in this game as a whole? <laughs> over 200 hours. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, we didn't even talk about our times. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, my time was what 68. 68:30, I think. Yep. And mine was 70 or. 57 so, I mean, something or other. 6830 in my original game and I think the game that I'm playing now is like 50 some. And that's only those two games. Yeah. That's not including the other game that you played. And I played like I don't know, maybe 30 hours in the other game. <laughs> I I would say I'm pretty close to 200 hours. Yeah. I played 5742 in my game, my first playthrough. And that didn't include any of Frozen Wilds, because we did that together. But, you know, <laughs> the thing is, though, Final Fantasy, this is comparison to Final Fantasy. Sure. Those 200 hours were just, like, one game file. Yeah. Whereas this, I've played multiple times. Like Multiple there, game there's files. There's nothing else for me to do after, you know, say, 70 hours. Like, there's nothing else besides running around and fighting machines. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah. Once you, once you get everything, you're done. All you can do is start over. So, yeah. There's a limit of stuff you can do. Yeah, so yeah. thanks again for listening. And uh, next month is going to be Claymates on the Super Nintendo. What? Kaylee will be back to play Claymates. So we'll see how that goes. We've already played about half of it. Well, over half, but we're kind of stuck at the end. So I bet all the Zap Night listeners out there would love to listen to us uh, review The Lion King on the Super Nintendo. Ugh. <laughs> we can try it. <laughs> I'll play it with you. <laughs> Well, thanks again for listening. Uh, you can catch everything we got going on at zapnight.com. You can send us an email at zapnightgaming at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook. Facebook, Zapnight. I don't know, just look it up. Yeah, just look it up, Zapnight. Um, yeah, send us an email. Tell us what you think. Tell us if you got a game you want to suggest. We're open to pretty much anything. Uh, so, yeah, thanks again, and we will catch you guys next month. Bye.